on this podcast live and unedited from the March 21st, 2020 Global Party. We're joined from Costa Rica. So there's a little bit of sound reverberation in the beginning, but if you can hang through for the first minute, you'll hear some very deep conversation from everyone who's done their healing work. And what's amazing for me is these participants are all under 30. So when they talk about the beauty of simplicity, they have already come to terms with that everything comes from within. They've already done their own healing work. So we're going to listen to Nasuko, Emiliano, Victor. We're joined by Karen and then Evan and then later on by Brian. All of us have done the journey. All of us have healed from the inside out. Welcome to the Global Party Podcast. I'm Jacqueline Best, host and creator of Best Whole New World, where joy, health, peace, love, and wealth are just the natural vibes. I'll be interviewing real people with real stories from all over the world, where they share their transformation, their healing from the inside out. Listen and subscribe and get the health vibe. Everybody, we're live here at the Global Party, healing from the inside out. Hello. Hello. So we're live all the way to Costa Rica. Twenty, aren't you, Emiliano? Yeah. Yes, he is. There you go. It's it's a great coffee. So we have Victor, we have Nasuko and Emiliano. They're all in Costa Rica at the moment. They're, am I correct saying they're all under thirty? I'm 30. Okay, so they, okay, so two are 30, and then Miliano's the, the younger one, slightly. 29, yeah, almost 30. Yeah. Almost 30. So this is whatever that I don't like to label any generation, but I feel that the three of you, because of everything you've done and gone through, you are a very good representation from a different perspective than some of us older people. So I could be wrong. It could just be the illusion of my ageism, Emiliano. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm looking forward to hearing what you um, what you're experiencing right now because I was just there and it was all peaceful kumbaya and I felt like this American gentleman came along when I was down there and I had to say to him, actually, I think you were the virus because we were peace, calm, tranquility, and then he came to deliver to take us out of our ignorant bliss. And yeah. I noticed that I started to go like, oh, what's Google, what do I need to do? What's going on? How do I go back and all that stuff? So how has it been occurring for you guys? How is it going here? Yeah, yeah. For, you. for me? Ladies first. <laughs> first of all, we are living in a very rural area of Costa Rica. So I personally doesn't feel that much of panicking going on around here. I live pretty much peaceful, you know. Only thing that I really care is the, the uh, senor uh, living in front of a house. He's like 80, how much, how much is it? 89. 89 years old. So I'm caring about people like around me that who is like more aged persons. Try not to spread as much as possible. 
something like that. But since uh, we've been living pretty much simple life for uh, almost two years, so I don't feel personally that much of things going on. We don't know how you guys. Yeah, for me, it was interesting because I know about the progression of uh, COVID-19 since maybe a month ago. But it was not because of what was happening in, in our country. It was because I had a schedule now in April. Uh, it was going to happen and little by little we started to receive emails like just be aware of the situation be aware if there is uh, and all that so i started to realize okay something is going on and it is becoming serious also i have a problem in the united states and uh the alarm there uh, started probably a week before here. So when it started here, I was already kind of like in understanding that it was something serious and big going on in the world. Uh, it was interesting for me because I had this whole expectation about my next step in life, that it was going to be this trip to US and uh, it was related to my, let's say, field of expertise. And so it was like my next, uh, yeah, like my next new thing, my next big thing. And like little by little, I really needed to start to let go of, you know, like, and for me, it was strange because I was really the whole event and me going to the US, it was like me following footprints and following the signs and following my intuition that usually, I don't know, in my life, it, it's rare when it fails because it's like, wow, I didn't understand the signs. And, but then I realized like, not even that, you know, it's like, this is really about letting go of the whole individual mind, like, yeah, I was prepared for that, but you know what? That was not what it was going to happen. <laughs> so it was, it was weird. It is still weird for me. Uh, it is one of the first times in my life that I experienced something that is so collective. You know, in Costa Rica, we don't have wars. We don't have like international conflicts. So we we'll, we usually see things from the news, and that's it. But this time is something that really involves me and everybody around me. So it is interesting. Like, uh, I mean, besides, of course, the, the you know, that I feel, of course, sometimes sensitive for uh, other people, especially in, in countries that are very affected. Um, but it is interesting because it is like, I feel like the whole world is in a, is in a spiritual retreat right now. For me, for me and Natsuko, I was telling Natsuko yesterday, like it's interesting because the way we have lived for the last uh, three to four years, uh, for me it's like, wow, this really seems like when we took that step out of the city. 
you know, that it was about living with less and living with a lot less narrative and with a lot less expectation. But now it is collective. It's not only in my mind, it's just everywhere. And it is, it is new, it is fresh, it is, I am aware that this is probably the most important event ever in mankind, at least in the last hundred years or so. So, I never thought, like, uh, because I also see this as a, as the old world kind of collapsing, and it's something I kind of like, thought that it was going to happen, but I never, imagine that I was going to experience it. So, yeah, that's my the one big word to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting what, what Emiliano says about thinking that uh, he knew it was going to happen. Same same in my case. I, I kind of felt like at some point something uh, collective, a global level like this was going to happen. Um, I've been, you know, hearing because I'm, I'm very interested in, in the financial world. Uh, and for the last couple of years, I've been, you know, hearing about, um, the economy collapsing again. Uh, but I was, I was meditating about it yesterday and it came, uh, from the, you know, less, less imaginable way that I have ever thought like you know a virus I, I never thought that it could be from a virus originated in china and yeah the fact that it's reaching us here right now it's uh it's very shocking um for me uh yeah i've been living a simple life as Emiliano natsuko i have i haven't actually felt like a lot of changes in my life because i work from home and i spend my whole day at home uh, but yeah, I see it around, you know, um, I, I see a lot of people with a lot of chaos, uh, mental chaos, but when you go outside, it's so peaceful. So it's this contrast, you know, internally people is living in chaos, but at least here, and I know that in a lot of places that people can't go outside. Yeah. You see a lot of peace, um, and silence, a lot of silence. I mean, yesterday, in the afternoon, I just sat outside and there were almost no cars. And it felt like, you know, 1 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> all the afternoon, all the evening. <laughs> and and I was like, wow, I mean, how, you know, how, how is this happening? And how cool would it be if this would be like this all the time? <laughs> um, yeah, and at least in my family, I, I have seen that. It's triggering a lot of things, you know, um, thinking about others, thinking about the elders in my family, you know, not as much as thinking about us because um, I, I was never worried about, you know, me getting the, the, the virus because I know we have a strong health system. So I was not worried. And I was at the beginning, I was like, okay, if I get it, I, I'm not going to worry. I, you know, I, I would be safe. But then you start thinking about the other people that are at risk, you know, the elders or people with certain ailments. And yeah, it's also triggering that, you know, that's uh, solidarity in a lot of people. Uh, 
is being forced in a way, you know, by the external. Uh, but I think, yeah, it was the time. Um, it was the time for it to happen. Uh, of course, there is a purpose and many purposes. Uh, and I've been trying to see that, you know, observing it from the outside, you know, seeing the chaos, seeing uh, the peace, seeing what's going on, but from from the outside, you know, I'm not I'm not entering the chaos or whatever. I'm just trying to experience this, what's going on, reflecting on it, and, and trying to bring that perspective to 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 the people around, um, because it's a great opportunity. Honestly, it's just like mm -hmm. yeah, I was saying, it's like the biggest opportunity I think uh, at a human level, uh, collective level, to mm -hmm. see things differently and yeah, and change and, and whatever whatever has to be changed. Um, yeah, I already like start to see the change in Costa Rica. Like, for example, in this morning, um, there was a car inside our house and we don't know who they are. And one lady asked us, like, oh, do you want us to bring something from the shop mm -hmm. so, yeah. to avoid less contact? So even like a neighbor or somebody who don't know, like stranger, they kind of being very generous and focusing on instead of like benefits or profit, they really Mm, working from the generosity part, like what benefits everybody. For exactly. example, Yoga Mandir, I don't know, that's one of the biggest uh, yoga studio in Costa Rica, I think, from San Jose. They already start like broadcasting their um, class for free for everybody. That was a really quick uh, answer for this situation of the crisis, but thinking about like what we can do well, yeah. can benefits everybody else. And today here, there is no Karen Ramirez. There is no Karen here, but I know that Karen going to broadcast her, her yoga class on Monday. Yeah, from yeah 6, she, she's, 6 she's on Monday, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's another thing. I, I, I've seen that creativity, you know, it has triggered a lot of creativity, different ways of doing things using technology. Mm -hmm. um, even a lot of people from companies working at, from home, and I think it's it's like a, a huge test, you know, to to mm -hmm. actually see, you know, what what in reality means working from home and how many benefits it could bring to the traffic and and you know pollution and all of this. So uh, yeah, people is finding new ways of of interacting, and I think that's 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 great. It's another great benefit. Yeah. Is. Yeah. You know what other net great benefit is? Is you mentioned yoga, and I discovered Karen. Karen. Oh, is God, Karen. <laughs> she's, she's on the screen, Karen, but you are live with us now. But your microphone is muted. I will unmute you. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Now, where'd you go? Okay. So, Karen? Can you hear us? Hello. We're not quite getting you. Are you guys hearing her? Yeah. No. Little, a little. It's very See? low. A little. So you're still going to have to. So while you're looking at that, Karen, for a second, I, um, I found it interesting that you both were saying how you felt like 
something had to happen, right? That this collective consciousness had to shift. And, and I, I feel like a lot of us, there are a lot of us that kind of felt like it had to happen because we were just way off balance. Um, but nobody imagined that it could be like this, right? Yeah. In, in a short period of time, everything has just come to a halt from an economic standpoint. And it was explosive, yeah. Yeah, it was like, whoa. So health is really the, the wealth because I've realized I've been having some conversations with a few people that are like, you know, millionaires and their money isn't going to save them. Right. Someone else was saying, doesn't, doesn't matter what you've got. Um, because right now it's about what you have in here. And yeah. the three of you have been, have done that work, the four of you, and you're living, you know, a, a more of a minimalist life, a simple life which is how we even kicked off this with Reiki, Taman Reiki. I mean, she's very minimalist in the Netherlands. I mean, she's been living that whole experience. So for a lot of us that have been more insular and working from home or just quieting down, it, it, it really isn't that big of a shift in yeah. our routine. But the ones that have been on the treadmill or the conveyor belt that have had to be in this, um, they're the ones that now get to, relax and take a break. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Right? And I through that process I feel hearts are opening and people are becoming more connected to say, like you said, do you need anything? Can I help you? So even though there might be people that have hoarded toilet paper, I feel like one day someone will knock on their door and say, Do you have any toilet paper? Yeah. <laughs> and they'll go, guess what? Yeah, I do. But how are you working now, Karen? Can you hear us? Yeah, I, I can hear, but I'm a little bit lost because I don't know exactly what the meeting for. <laughs> so you're a global party, Karen, and we're talking about the effects of this global transformation. And I have another young gentleman that you guys might be surprised to see that has just popped up. And Evan is joining you have this younger generation so i'm going to bounce off but we just want to hear your thoughts karen about what's going on if you want to share how are you feeling this transition you know are you feeling positive and optimistic about what's going on and are you feeling we're looking for all the good things because it's <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Well, from my side, um, actually, this is for me like an opportunity to develop some ideas that I was working on, like teaching online and building my website. Um, so it just gives me some time to work on those projects. And at the same time, I'm happy that everything needs to stop for a while. I think we needed this and it's happening. And at the end, this uh, will bring so much consciousness, uh, so much awareness to the world in many, many areas. So for me, it's like good news. Uh, perhaps I don't have a job and I don't know when I'm gonna be able to work again. But, you know, I am supported by, by um, my boyfriend, and at the same time, me and my siblings are supporting my mom and so on. So um, 
I'm just, you know, kind of sad for the people that really have no income and no one to support them in this situation. Um, but I think everybody is going to make it <laughs> some way or another. Basically, we just need to eat, right? Um, that's all we need right now. So <laughs> whatever we can, <laughs> we can share with others, food yeah, or whatever, it will be just enough. Toilet paper. Uh, so yeah. toilet paper. Toilet. I think people is freaking out and, and I don't think I don't think that's the case. Like I just came back from doing some grocery shopping and fruits and vegetables and meat. And the guy said like a guy before you came and they are selling these 500 uh, grams of, of, uh, of ground beef, you know? And he said a guy before you, he came and he took 15 because he said, maybe if we run out of meat, he just want to keep 15 at home. <laughs> and I'm like, what? It's like, and the guy said, we have so much meat in storage that is that going to run out? But people think is they're going to run out of food. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I can see the ignorance of people, right? And the fear and, and the lack of trust in this process. Um, so I think it's time to um, kind of share with the people that it's not that way that we need to build that trust and that self-confidence and and believe that everything is going to be okay so yeah, yeah. And that's my thoughts <laughs> i think as Kevin said it's really time for like a knowing what's our basic need like you know if we think about it if we have one pack of rice and one pack of beans we can make gallo pinto for one week, like seriously, honestly. And yeah. to know that, it's like, it's so basic, so we forgot, like, you yeah. know. But that's, that's not... really important to know how much food we eat a day, you know? How much yeah. product we, even the toilet paper, sometimes we don't think, so we use like so much, like a bit, 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 and like smallest things that we usually don't pay attention. Maybe it's time for us to pay attention how much we use and how much we appreciate yeah. You know? yeah i think i think that um another thing that comes very handy right now for me is frost you know that i've been i've been working on this for many years and you you too guys but uh for people that is not you know has no experience on that uh that's the kind of people that buy that buys all the toilet paper and whatever but you are more aware and you buy whatever you need and you say, okay, I know that in a week, you know, food is going to, is going to come from somewhere or whatever I need, but we have, we have a lot of practice on trust, you know, on trusting. Mm -hmm. And I think that I be, I become more aware of that these days. Like I have acknowledged that, you know, all these years of work, <laughs> uh on trusting uh you know whatever is coming trusting the universe you know it's 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 paying off in times like this uh mm -hmm. and i feel compassion towards all these people that it's really uh having no clue about this and it's just acting in a chaotic way uh yeah mm -hmm. what about you evan how are you doing with all this 
Are you a very cute cat? Oh, yeah, yeah. This cat's, <laughs> this cat's named Yeni. Yeni? Yeah. She'll oh. come up and, like, she, like, she's very demanding for affection. So, like, she'll stay with me for, like, three hours, and I'll just be, like, petting her, and she'll just be <laughs> licking me for, like, half the time. So that's been helpful. And, um, yeah, I'm in the suburbs of New Jersey. Hmm. And I'm sure there's been a lot of anxiety, like, under the surface. Mm -hmm. Like, I noticed people around here are not very, like, expressive. Mm -hmm. So I can't say, like, what their emotional state is exactly. But honestly, when I walk around outside and I see people, people seem very, like, liberated and more relaxed and, like, open. And yeah. that's a bit different because usually in this area, people are, like, more like closed off and like not really socializing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, no, no distractions, no many distractions at this moment. I just asked a question here. So Evan, would you say the area you're in is more upscale? It's like upper middle class. So it's more it, typically, in, so this is a great example. So it's, it's more of this churning of the machine go to work stuff because it's upper yeah. middle class. Yeah, like people are just on the grind mode. So now they're having a break and they're more relaxed and you're noticing they're more chill because they're like, holy moly, I finally get a break and I don't have to make up an excuse why I can't go to work and it's not a vacation. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was feeling like that too because I have a job. I got a job at a local salad bar. And I work like 20 to 25 hours a week, which is like half of what most people work. And even with that kind of job where it's just like, you have to like keep working for a certain amount of hours and like doing tasks. And like, while you're there, you need to be doing things to be like someone they're paying. So they're paying you and that's mm -hmm. your function. So you're fulfilling a function. And uh, even that can be exhausting. Like, come back home after that and just lay in bed for like five hours just to recoup mm -hmm. so like this is a bit of a blessing for me because like it's giving me time to just reflect on like what direction is my life going like if i have to like stand even this level of the conveyor belt to sustain myself mm -hmm. and i've yeah. been avoiding i've been avoiding having a job for a while and perhaps this will shift the way like the whole collective operates because it's really, yes, like I have a role in that I'm agreeing to have a job in this society and to make money and to buy things and to participate in that capitalist system. But at the same time, if like everyone in these suburbs takes a collective breath and like looks around and like starts to feel what's happening inside of themselves and the level of stress that you have to work in to like just maintain in the system. I feel like there's more potential for creative solutions and more like community-based working together rather than this really linear, like go to work, make money, and then go use your money to buy things and then go, e and then use that money to sedate yourself even to like, mm -hmm 
get through whatever this whole man man made system is that we've created. It's really just a creation. It's nothing more. It's like we've created this and we think it's the way reality is, but it's really just something we've created and we continue to agree to and made extremely difficult to operate outside the bounds of. Yeah. So yeah, for me, it's like I was telling, well, I was, this is kind of like uh, something that I needed to like, to say, okay, am I ready to admit this? But I, deep down, I feel like there is some sense of like victory, like, <laughs> like it's like God against the ego victory, something like that, because yeah, I understand like it sounds, it sounds a little bit rough to say because, you know, considering how many people is being affected by it. But if I focus personally, I say, well, you know, the world that it seemed to have stopped right now, that it was that my whole life, it had a continuity until what, two weeks ago. Uh, I never ever made sense of it. Like I tried and I, I found even ways to, let's say, pretend a little bit less, <laughs> you know, a little bit less than than in comparison with a lot of people. Like yet I say, yeah, well, if I need to have a job, then I would do this. But deep down, it was not like a fully authentic thing to do. And so when that happened, it was like, well, now, now what, you know, like right now, even having a job like a salary right now, it would be a problem because I would be fully worried about what what would I use my money for? You know, I would use it only for being in the house. You know, that doesn't sound like something that I would enjoy a lot. Uh, and then it's like, how much value, like money as we used to think of it, will have when this happens? You know, it's like those questions, like maybe this is a topic that no nobody's like like openly discussing. I I mean in the news and stuff or TV because I don't know maybe it will bring too much uh, chaos to people. Like to on top of the disease, let's start to think about my economy and how this will affect my near future. But this is of course something that at some point we need to think about. Like what is what are the chances that we come back to normal? Let's say, what are the chances that things go back to be the same? I mean, they're very low. And at the same time, it's like, like I, I'm very aware that this is just the beginning of some uncomfortable time for humanity. Like when the disease let's start, let starts to be like normalized, let's say, uh, well, there will come the time for other things to show up like, okay, now what? Now we lost all of this time of production and now we lost all of this uh, money coming from flights and tourism and things like that. Like for me, it's amazing just to think about how much airlines could be losing right now. It's like billions of dollars. And it's like, I have a friend that he, he used to be a pilot and well, uh, Victor was related with that world too. And I was thinking of you guys like saying, wow, like these people made the right choice at the right time. Because imagine you being in that situation right now, like where you most probably would be just in this uh, 
you know, anxiety of will I be fired or will I continue with my yeah. job? Uncertainty. Yeah, I have I have a few friends uh, that work at an airline and is probably going to go bankrupt unless the uh, you know the, the Argentina nationalized the uh, airline. So yeah, a lot of uncertainty for many people. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think it also brought an opportunity for many people. For example, people that just start up the business online, or for example, these old small companies that came into the country like Rappi and Pato, like all the delivery system. Now they have full-time jobs, and now they might even have to hire people to work from them because now people don't want to leave the house. So now online shopping, and home delivery and you know supermarkets restaurants are still selling food for people so at the same time some people get benefits sure. out of yeah. like this uh you know the the pharmaceuticals they have to sell a lot of yeah. of, of medicine inclusive um you know the the natural natural chops you know like yeah. microbiotics and all of that they also have to sell a lot because people care more about their health now than ever for example, the yoga classes, um, now everybody's offering free yoga classes. And before, you have to pay a lot of money to enter a yoga studio in Costa Rica and have unlimited classes. And now you can have the same benefit almost for free uh, online. So people, for example, I have some friends that they stopped doing yoga because they didn't have the money for it. And now they're super happy because there are many classes online. There are tons of meditations online. There are uh, singers offering concerts online for free. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at the same time, it actually creates opportunity for people that didn't have this before. So mm -hmm. I am very happy and grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, everything is like polarizing, you know. I think that, and I think it would continue that way. Some people will go uh, on the, on the way of, of okay finding a new life a new balance and some people is going to to go the other extreme i think uh not the whole humanity will you know move together but i think uh, a lot of people will uh will change their lives uh yeah we'll see I'm, I'm very i'm very excited in seeing what you know what's coming next but it's yeah. just it's like the start of of a journey i think it's like the, the beginning of you know a long long journey for for humanity and we'll see what happens yeah that's how i see it I, I see this as a shift in you know in the evolution terms almost like in evolution uh time frames too it's i mean this is huge i mean <laughs> this is not something that happens on a sunday you know and then monday you go to classes i mean this is something that it will be on history books if there is still school. <laughs> in history books in a hundred years or two hundred years, you know, that, that shift in history where mankind needed to change, change like most of the of their perspective. So I'm yeah, aware, and that that makes me curious, but at the same time. Uh, you know, I know that I'm in a privileged spot in all this. So, in like when, f 
for example, I have a friend in, in one of the countries that is very affected and she has been saying, you know, for me, this time is mostly to grieve, you know, it's like, and I say, well, I think that's important too, you know, it's not like we need to force on people that this is like a celebration of anything because for me and for Natsuko and maybe for all of us right here, it's like, yeah, we have been living in isolation for a while, living in a very simple way for a while. And so we can feel the shift, uh, personal shift. But for a lot of people, this is not like that. And I would say, I don't know if it's most of the people, but it's, it is quite big amount of people that they had a huge emotional and economic investment in the world that it's right now in pause. So, so that's something to consider too. It's like, yeah, that's probably not the world that I live in uh, since a while, but I understand and I feel compassion, you know, and I feel, for example, from here that we can see the city lights. The other day I was thinking, so cool, like, it makes me feel a lot of compassion to think that in each one of those little lights, there is somebody's care. And, and that's, a, that's probably one of the first times I feel compassion in such a wide way, like in such an unconditional way. Like, yeah. I don't know, it's, it's like, I, I think it's, it's very related when like somebody close of you dies or there is a breakup or something that you really start to consider all the things that you didn't like about that person. And then you say, wow, I wish I was more aware in that time, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I know one of the things I just want to um, bring up because some of, I know all your sort of history here, um, but the viewers don't. And you guys have done your so-called inner work, right? You you have looked at things, made transitions, made changes because you confronted what everybody's actually sort of forcibly confronted right now. Is am I correct in saying that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And and so you know, we were talking about this earlier. Is the fact that most of a lot of those people aren't going to go you know people that have come to say oh we think they could do the journey i remember you saying that emiliano on your first interview somebody you think could get help by doing the journey they weren't the one that was going to take the journey and i you know there's many many people we go you could benefit if you went to a mindfulness retreat or you would do this and they were like no i'm fine and in this situation, this is like for me, my perspective is like it's a forced meditation, mindfulness retreat, wellness retreat, whatever, because they're living in their own home and they're forced to, to deal with their own habits and then the change of habits. Because if I was just home on my own and then my husband, which is some of the ones, has came to work you know, from home, then you've got to adjust to that. If the kids are home, the college students are coming back, you know, you're confronted. And in a sense, that's the work that you did, all the four of you. You had to confront your shadow to get through. And, and can you see that this is like a global confrontation of their shadow? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. 100%, yeah. It has the, at, at the same time, it has the quality of peace or potential peace, but at the same time, it has the whole potential to 
be very uncomfortable right now. You know, because it's facing something and it's not facing something small, you know, like, yeah, I broke up with my girlfriend or something. It's facing the implications of that the world that you knew suddenly maybe it won't exist anymore. And that's pretty good. So if each of you had to rate it on a scale of one to 10, one being like you think the world is going exactly back to the way it was and 10 being that it's going to be completely transformed. Where are you feeling you would rate that at this point today? Where are you feeling? Victor? Uh, 10 in the long, long, long term. <laughs> I don't know, a thousand years, but it might be the beginning. So we might be at one, two, but it's the beginning. It's like when we start, or in my case, and I know it's your case too, guys, when you started the, your inner journey, uh, there were some triggers that made us begin the journey, you know? Mm -hmm. I think it's just a global trigger. And it's probably the, the first major trigger for many people. So it's just the beginning of a long journey of transformation that would take many years. Uh, some way back to normal, other people obviously won't. Uh, but yeah, I think globally we'll, we'll, be, we'll keep moving um, towards a full transformation, uh, but yeah, it will take time. Yeah. Karen? Yeah, well, I think when every every one of us started the journey, we kind of hit the bottom at some area in our life, right? That's why we started this this searching, right? So now a lot of people are forced to hit the bottom. You know, like I have a friend that she told me, I've never been in the house for so long and I think I'm gonna kill my boyfriend. <laughs> and And I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm not used to be at home and, and this is just literally forcing me to, to, you know, to see myself and, and confront myself and, and be tolerant and so many things that she's always avoiding because people is avoiding to see the reality and to see themselves. So for me, this will be a huge transformation towards the, the, the awakening of, of humanity. Um, I don't know in what level, but yes, I think. <laughs> yeah. okay. So I'm, I'm just going to Evan now. Scale of one to 10. I see it's like four or five. Like people in their hearts will think things could change and they'll see a potential. And I feel like things will like rubber band back. Hey, people rubber band back in the same jobs, habits, patterns. I may even rubber band back into the same job and be there for indeterminate more time to learn the lesson of agreeing to capitalism, I guess. <laughs> 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 oh, 
that's, that's an interesting point though, right? So maybe what mm -hmm. we're perceiving is gonna happen is really still a reflection of where we're at. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Evan made a, a good point. It might be um, uh, yeah, an opportunity for people to see that there's potential for a change. Mm -hmm. You know, that's 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 great. You know, many people who have never seen that, they're seeing uh, the many good things that can come out of this, and yeah, they might go back to their own lives, but yeah, they have seen the potential. I think that's just like seed food there. You know. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so that leaves me to the Mystico Emiliano. Where? What about you guys? I would say like seven, in the same uh, reason. What everyone say that rubber band effect, because human is always like that. They really want to go back to the same like a cognitive form, to go back to the same pattern. And I already experienced when Japan had a big earthquake back then. That moment, people really started to turn off the light, just eliminate all the unnecessary lights from the city. And that was pretty good. We realized, oh, yeah, that's true. Like, it's unnecessary. But after a year, like after six months, like things going back again, crisis has been going down. Then people go back to the same cycle. So for me, um, Victor say that this is a great chance for a change, opportunity to change. But what does that make the, the opportunity to be really effective is our conscious effort to not to take them away by that uh, elastic effect. Yeah. And that's really seriously like each one of us because I think sooner or later, economic coming back as always, it happened so many times, World War II, a big bankruptcy, it happened all the time, but it's always come back and we going back like elastic. So maybe this is a time for really like individual to not fighting, but aware of that elastic band effect and choose different, just don't going back, try to care about your sustainability and your nurturing yourself, nurturing your humanity instead of, as everyone say, going back to a lying, like living that type of life, you really don't feel taste for it. So for me, that's kind of, so seven, I think, and it really can be five or eight, depends on each individual, how they react to it. For me, yeah, something like that. I kind of like uh, agree with Victor that I think in the long, long, long term, it will be like a 10. But I think actually this is a very good analogy, like what we're living now with all this quarantine thing, like being in the house and waking up and seeing the news and say, oh, okay, it's the same, you know, <laughs> one more day and one more day. And I think that's a very good metaphor, I would say of maybe how this will work you know it's like we really need to learn to measure time in a different way mm. you know it's not anymore like i guess tomorrow i can watch football again that's not going to happen that's not happening sure. right now um and i need really need to start to think you know in this 
almost like if I was a, a, a being that was going to live 3000 years, you know, and not 80 or 90, you know, in 90 years, what could happen with all this is maybe, you know, it will still be like a, like a tree or a four. And so I think we really need to learn uh, to measure time, you know, more like considering, okay, it's not only my life here, you know, it will be the life of people a thousand years from now. It will be the life from, uh, you know, if I had kids or grandsons, you know, it would be the life of them. For us, it will be, I think, and this is something that makes me at the same time curious and uh, say, oh, my God, you know, we have a lot of work because I think we are in the generation that will live the first stages of this shift. And I think it will take a while for us to know, like, what is, where can we move, you know, and what, what directions we can take and what is the north of all this. You know, right now it's very fresh and we are in this abstraction. I would consider it like a void, you know, like a, like a simulation of what it would be to be fully awake, you know. Uh, from the world and the world just stopped, you know, and just there's nothing in the world that means anything today. The only thing that means something is let's please get out of this, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I think and the whole that also the whole metaphor of being in the house is I hope a lot of people don't see it as being in the house physically. You know, in the space of your home, it's really entering to yourself. You know, this is what we are, uh, you know, I, I really like to believe, you know, this is maybe my own game, my own mind, game, but I really like to believe that God sends us like this uh, poem, you know, and, and we need to learn to interpret the signs. They are not literal, never. And so this entering to your house is just an analogy, you know, it's like, like uh, what it is. yeah, it is a symbol. And it's, it's like a saying. It's like a saying at the family house when you are doing the journey. You know. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is, it is a way of saying. Yeah. You know, don't go outside. It's like saying, stop looking outside. In a way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think we need to pre be prepared because I think. Uh, even for me that you know i have been or for us that i we have taken some let's say atypical steps in our life it's still you know it's still many things like i was saying before i was like learning to pretend a little bit so i can let's say participate in the world and so you know we need to check all that stuff too like what is it that doesn't let me be fully fully true to myself and so it is a time for everyone you know it's not a time for just people very attached to the dream it's for everyone because this is new <laughs> you know yeah. well here's another question for you is as you said you're you're going to be the first generation that's going to go through this all so think back maybe 10 years ago and how people were having a conversation about where the jobs coming from or how's the environment going to be affected or you know all the 
there was this sense of kind of doom and gloom that the younger, like your generation would have been leaning into, you know, that we've polluted, you know, we've, we've done all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you see now, does it feel more positive to you in what's going on? Like, do you feel more in a sense, almost empowered that you're going to be part of this transition and shift? Does it feel like, like I think you said, Emiliano, wow, it's almost like I kind of wanted this, but you know, like this collapse. So are you feeling like you're leaning into this? Wow, this is really shifting. We never thought it was going to happen this way, but we're really going to all come back into balance and our generation is going to get to receive it. Who wants to go? <laughs> In my case, I feel I feeling very blessed actually because, uh, like Jacqueline said, I'll never thought this will happen in my time, in my lifetime, and I had this experience while I was traveling in India. We got stuck because of the snowfall, and we were in a camping area for five days, eating Maggi noodles every day. That's all we have because we had no access to leave or anybody can come to deliver any food. And I was, I was so cold because I didn't have the proper clothes and everything was a, a, a crisis. You know, it, it was literally a crisis and we didn't know when this snowfall is going to stop. So we were just kind of stuck in the middle of nowhere with no communication with Maggie soup, uh, every meal. And I've seen the other people around in the camping area panicking about. So every, every day they wake up, they gather, and they talk about, oh, how are we going to go out of this? What can we do to, to go through this situation? And it was nothing to do. It was literally nothing we can do on our own. So we just have to pray so the snow stops and we can, we can leave the place. So while everybody was gathering every day, day after day, I stay in my tent and I chair with the owners, with the local people, and I did my meditation. And I tried to be happy about whatever it was. Like it was my first time in the snow. So I was super happy. Like, oh yeah, it's just snowing every day. <laughs> and people were freezing, mad, angry, whatever you can call it. And I was so happy because I've never been in the snow. And, you know, this is telling me it's the second time where I can prove myself how calm and how balanced I can be and, and how much I can project that to the world and to the people around me. So every time I talk with my mom or every time I talk to someone that is suffering about what's happening right now, I feel within myself uh, that empowerment that, that you were talking about. I feel like, oh yeah, I have the tools. I've experienced it in my own life, and I I know every crisis has an end. So I'm 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 trusting that it's going to be like that, and 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 I have faith. You know, I have faith also that 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 uh, we are going to a better place after this. And I don't know why I'm feeling this um, this like contentment. <laughs> Um, 
because I, I do feel prepared and I do feel empowered and, and I like to share that with with the people that is suffering right now. So yeah. That's that's really beautiful because I think if everybody could find that contentment to trust the process, right? And to feel empowered just allowing themselves to be themselves in however that experience is. We give permission to, to, to love and accept everybody where they're at. And we really are co-creating something. I'm the forever optimist, but are you guys forever optimist? Like, do you see it that way? That's what I really want to know. <laughs> so, you know, Evan, Victor, Victor thinks eventually. Yeah. Yeah, I think because I have seen it in my life. I mean, it's like. For me, it's uh, with going outside, it's a metaphor, an analogy for what I have gone through. And after years of working, of inner work, and you know, having my dark times, like what's happening right now, uh, yeah, I can say that. Yeah, you get to a point where you can actually be at peace, you know, uh, observe what's going on without identifying yourself with it, and make changes. So. Yeah, I think it, it will happen. I mean, it's, it's it, it will. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Evan, are you still feeling rubber band? Rubber band? Um, I got a rubber band. <laughs> well, honestly, I feel like if I do go back to work, it's like the least demanding job I could possibly have. It's like five minutes from my house. I'm literally just like doing, mixing things with my hands or chopping things for like five hours a day. So I don't think I, well, that it's impossible that a job will last forever. And I will have to transition from it, whether I go back or not. But um, <sighs> that was a big time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, um, you know, it's interesting because for me, I did my inner work and all that, and I, I, I reached a point where I say, okay, I think uh, this is coming to an end. You know, I'm starting to understand. I'm starting to uh, kind of like having an idea of where all this goes. But there was this sense of like, why I did that? You know, like it really being so philosophical sometimes it really made my life hard you know it's like you know i, I wish many times I, wish I didn't do that and and i was just you know automatically going with you know the world and you know just you know making money and you know living in the system and all that but now that this happens it's like wow now it made sense you know i was preparing for this I was, it was not just a rebellion against, you know, uh, the system or against conditioning. It was really my God self saying, it would be better if you go through all this right now, because I will need you in a way, and you will be a tool, a very important tool uh, for when this that is happening now, now happens. And so for me, it's like, I say, wow, you know, I didn't know that I, 
invested in the best currency I could have right now, that is being in peace with all this. And knowing that, you know, I, I, I don't see for a long time in my life, I don't even see any more things like, uh, oh, you know, this is an accident or why this is happening. It's more like, okay, this is what should happen. It should be happening. There is, there is a purpose for all this. And so I don't, I don't even think that this shouldn't be happening. It's more like, okay, this is happening and it's huge. And my position in this is actually very privileged because of all that dark night of the soul that I went through. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like, I feel very, very grateful for that. Like I feel grateful that I did all that and that for the last month or some years, maybe I say, wow, you know, I really maybe I took things too far <laughs> but right now it's like no you know it's now you have the fruits you know, and now is the time that that I will be very probably very useful for a lot of things yeah, yeah I would say that from the all five of four five five yeah Okay, I'm seeing all five of you have, you know, are there to be the light for the other people. You're they're there to be able to affect those ones that are starting to question things, to say, you know what, I I didn't go through this all at the same time as everybody else, but I went through my dark night of the soul and I I found freedom. Mm -hmm. right? I found a new life and I mean, that was the experience, the same thing that I had. It might have been a longer time in the chrysalis, like a longer time of the transformational process. However, it's like, whoa, when you when you confront it and you realize you have everything in here, you know, it really is your own experience and how you embody that. And we can do that conversation, just like we're doing here, just to let people have different perspectives so it can resonate with them then I feel it's like they're, they're having the reset. That's all that's happening, right? They're getting back in touch. And because it's on such a global scale, it can happen quickly or more quickly than if it was happening like we were the little domino effect. It's like the dominoes, and you know that, you know, some of those ones have been really intricate. They started and it was like, maybe they fell after the 10, but now it's just like, <laughs> and it, it's everywhere. Yeah. So what happens, I do believe there'll be, you know, innovation, creation in many different ways because I think each person is going to shift. And it's when each person shifts, they say, you know what, I don't want to go back to that job. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I as an owner realized maybe I needed to treat my people better. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I realized, whoa, I was more concerned about me than my neighbors. You know, all these... Um, thoughts come in that have they've never been allowed to because they've been too busy to even hear them. Yeah. yeah. So I have another gentleman that wants to join you and I'm gonna bring him up and you might recognize him. Have you seen this guy before? <laughs> yes, I saw him two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, Mr. Brian Chamberlain and he was in Costa Rica two days ago and 
this is part of one of the reasons that, um, you know, like I was saying, and I think you guys can expand on this, we're impacted by other people. So as much as we've had the experience and we can share where we're going, we're also need to recognize when other people's worry and fear impacts us, right? And keeping that all in balance and, and you know, Brian, being the fact that you went down for this lovely vacation in Costa Rica, was that what happened for you? Yeah, I talked to you a bit about that this morning, and I've been thinking about it throughout the day. It's really kind of a talk about trust and about governance in a way, um, in that we've got, we've found ourselves in a moment where the reality that we don't really have a global government, thank goodness, um, and we really only have local government and, and really localized decision-making, you know, to the family unit and that sort of thing. Um, what was interesting to me is that the, the leader of the province of Canada that I lid, live in said on Thursday of last week, so eight, nine days ago, because um, we were coming into March break. So he for all this the kids and he said you know things are okay take your march break trip now that was the day after we had flown down to costa rica as a family um to have a march break for my daughter so on thursday i believe it was our our premier said take your trip um Two days later, or possibly three days later, the leader of our country said, come home <laughs> and book the earliest possible flight home. Well, the leader of our country doesn't run the airline companies. So the earliest possible flight home is somewhat open to discussion because I could have taken flights that flew from, from Costa Rica to the US to Canada but we were in a time and we're still in a time where the rules were all changing day day by day hour by hour so i could just see myself with my family landing in houston which would be the connecting airport and not being able to get home from houston and spending two weeks in houston in lord knows where so i didn't want that i wanted a direct flight and the direct flights filled up basically instantly and so I could have come home on a direct flight if I'd moved my entire family into business class. And, you know, I don't have really have the financial means to do that. <laughs> so decided that um, after much deliberation and much talking with the family and a lot of consensus building, we decided that it was best to stay down there. And so we decided that I think on Monday morning, might have been Tuesday morning. And we decided we'll do the best we can to enjoy the last couple of days down here anyway, because we're scheduled to come home Thursday night. And we did. We enjoyed ourselves to the best of our ability. But what was interesting was the social media impact, the, the, the number of people who would communicate with myself and my mother that, oh, you need to come home right away. What's the matter with you? Why are you still down there? And the social pressure um, for that. 
and the amount of worry. And it's like, well, I'm in a place where I'm literally around nobody other than my family. I'm in the middle of the jungle in Costa Rica. I'm not talking to anybody. When we do go out for dinner, we're practicing social distancing and literally we're the only people in the restaurant. And I'm coming back to a country that has significantly more cases and to a city that is that has significantly more cases than the entire country of Costa Rica. So why on earth, where is the sense in saying that I'm somehow have to come home to be safe? So <laughs> it also comes down somewhat to trusting what information level are you willing to trust and who's guidance and directives are you willing to follow mm -hmm. and you know those kinds of decisions are now being challenged because we've um we've got this term that i've heard called consensus reality right and to me that the way that means is what is the set of rules that we agree as human beings are actually true and really what we're looking at is a shift in that set of rules and a very fairly sudden shift in that set of rules so it is no longer true that we can go to a grocery store and line up right behind the person behind us and feel like we're safe to do that it's no longer true that we can assume that everything that we're touching whether it's been washed or not doesn't matter right anything that we touch potentially gives us this virus that we may or may not be able to defeat on our own and so these changes in what's true which are we haven't changed our consensus we've just got brand new information and so the world is different and we need to change the way we behave in that world because those parameters have all changed and those paradigms have all changed suddenly and what i find is interesting is the way that that's pushing decision making to the local level and so some communities are saying, well, we don't have an emergency. I mean, we don't have any cases in within 200 kilometers of where we are. There are no cases. So why do we need to change our behaviors? Well, the moment you get one, you'll change your behaviors, right? Because of what's going on in the rest of the world. So a lot of these, these we're creating these local pockets and whose decision do I follow? Do I follow the mayor of the city that I live in? Do I follow the leader of the province I live in, or do I follow the leader of the country that I live in? And I think we're also in a time where people are now redefining what they consider to be home, because a lot of people will say, hey, I'm a global citizen. I can live anywhere. Well, not now. Yes, country, yeah, the country that you are a citizen in of all of a sudden matters, because that's the only country you're allowed to travel to now. So. <laughs> You know, it's so funny to hear your story because I traveled to Thailand in December and I was there where all of these started, maybe, you know, it all started in China, but I'm in Asia, I'm way closer and, and buses packed of Chinese people go to Thailand to the temples every single day. So I was there and people from Costa Rica was telling me the exact same thing they told you, Brian. It's like, why don't you come home? It's so dangerous in there. There were zero cases in Costa Rica by that time. And I was in the same situation. I was like, I can just move my fly and try to leave earlier, or I can just do whatever I can. 
And so I got myself some masks and I wore the masks and, and I walk around trying not to touch anyone and, and, you know, something like that, whatever you can do to make yourself uh, clean every day. And I came back home, you know, and there were no quarantine when I got home. Like anybody could come right from China and there were no quarantine whatsoever. So I came back home, I went through the United States, which is always packed and it's, you know, uh, people is close to each other in the line making the visa thing, like super, super close. And there is no, no, um, no rules there for people, for travelers. They, everybody was traveling normally. And, and I still have to go through Guatemala to Hong Kong. And the last stop was in Guatemala before coming to Costa Rica. So I went through actually three airports before coming back home where all of this would have, was happening. And as, as you, as you, as you uh, experience on your own, you hear things that makes you feel scared and you hear things that makes you doubt about your inner gut feeling. You know, my inner gut feeling is nothing is going to happen to me. I'm safe. I'm healthy. Uh, that's, you know, that's not a risk for me. And if that happens, you know, I can still find a solution. But that's what people facing nowadays. They watch the news and they get scared and they try to make everybody else scared, you know? Uh, it's like what, what they told me that the family choose you to be part of that, um, como es que se dice? Como para ser um, el, el clan. In your own tribe. Aha, aha. So it is, it is the same thing. People is trying to make their own tribe, no matter what it costs, no matter, no matter if they drag you to the negative side. It doesn't matter if it drags you to, to the tension and the stress and the worry and the pessimism. It doesn't matter. You know, people just trying to push you that way. So. I think that's the time would you, you really need to connect with your inner God and, and your intuition and said so like, no, I'm going to enjoy my, enjoy my last two days in Costa Rica because that's what I have. And I'm, I'm going to follow my intuition and I'm going to fly the day I'm supposed to be flying on the first place. And that's mm -hmm. what you did. And you are all safe now, you know? Yeah. And I think the one thing I would say to that, Karen, is, uh, I don't think that the people were trying to make me scared. Like I, I understand the way you said it, but I think it's more a case that people feel helpless and they feel like they want to do something. And so if they can do something that reduces the chances of somebody they know getting it, they want to do it. Like they don't want to scare that person necessarily. They just want to make sure that, that person doesn't contract it at a time when they're uninformed. So I think we're all sort of in that helpless feeling about this, that there's so little that we can do, but it, I mean, in some ways there's lots that we can do, but, but there's, we can't just suddenly, you know, snap our fingers and have the virus die everywhere that it's currently living, or at least we don't know how to do that yet. Mm -hmm. So we have to live with it. 
And so there are limits to how much we can change about the world that's going on around us. So I don't think they were trying to scare me, I guess is the, the bottom line. And, and, but it was interesting how you see how pervasive worry is with people that are tuned into essentially the, the mainstream media. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, like today, no, yeah. maybe a little more, some four days ago, I uh, unconsciously, let's say, I started the day with news. So the first thing I I opened my eyes and the first thing was going to my phone and see how is everything going. And then I continued from maybe 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Just really receiving a lot of information about this stuff and some information is like unnecessarily dark, you know, like people crying on TV and things like that. And okay, and so I was consuming all that. And like at 3 p.m., I was recording an audio to a friend, and I was shaking, like my voice was cutting off. And and I say, wow, this is amazing. You know, I'm terrified right now. <laughs> well, it's it was very very interesting because during that even time frame i was even imitating some of some of the symptoms i was coughing and <laughs> and then i stopped like, then I, I i came back to my place i closed my eyes i let's say reconnected with the truth in myself let's say and then i was just saying to Natuku, you know it's very weird because when i'm not watching the news it feels like i just turn off the movie this whole situation and it feels so unreal and then i was able to walk around and not be scared about the air and you know and, and all reality was like i was afraid of all of reality when i was watching the news like i thought the virus was just coming through the door to me and and yesterday i, I watched uh, like a video of a doctor he was he's an amazing doctor he's from argentina and he has a very good ability to teach like even kids about you know what is the virus really and it was just so like this is the type of information that like we're saying yeah fear is necessary right now because if you don't fear it you will not prevent it you will not put any caution but he say but uh, becoming terrified is just something else it's just not necessary right now because even if the virus enters to your body, the percent, the uh, let's say, the chances that you get actually affected by it, that's 20%. And he says, like, uh, right now we have 17 cases by 1 million persons in the world. He say in December, when the regular flu start, we have 10,000 people by million. So this is the, the type of thing that, that you're saying, yeah, like with this new information, the whole of our understanding of even our own bodies and uh, immune system, mm -hmm. like it's like, wow, I start to become aware of what, how does, does that work? You know, like it's not really, and even like me, like imitating the symptoms just because of fear, not because of any real, let's say, fact of that I have. The yeah, well, we've got a, a global focus on one topic that's unlike anything that I've I've ever witnessed in my life. Yeah. And this this virus is the only thing that anybody's ever talking about. And 
what what is interesting is I saw an interview, and the science of this may be way off, but I did see an interview that was a mainstream media interview with a scientist in France, and they were having a talk show about the lockdown in France and the lockdown of Paris. And what he said was, I mean, this is being done, as we all know, to flatten the curve and keep keep rates from going up. But he said the number of lives that are going to be saved from deaths from the virus because of this lockdown is lower than the number of lives that will be saved from the reduction of emissions. Hmm. That, that, you know, we live in a time where the science about the virus is indisputable, right? Or at least it's undisputed. I mean, there may be a few people who say, oh, it's a hoax, it's just made up. But for the most part, all world leaders, all people believe that this is a real thing and it's really spreading. Where it came from, there may be some arguments about that, but it is really spreading and it is really affecting. There's another great big monster in the room called global climate change which for some reason we've accepted a world where the science of that is disputable. Mm -hmm. So because the science is disputable, then we don't do much about it, right? It really is interesting that this is the problem that we've been given at a time when the solutions actually look quite similar in some ways. Yeah. You know, slow down, change the way the economy is mapping. Right, those that's what the solutions look like for both of these problems. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would just like but, to uh, I think I think sorry, I was just gonna say to me that's like all we wanted this environmental shift. And being here in Toronto the last few days, not hearing the cars on the road, not seeing the planes fly across the same way. You know, seeing nature, we were talking about this earlier, nature coming back, the dolphins and the canals in Venice, the sky in China. You know, it, it's what we wanted in the sense of climate change. Let's be responsible for the environment. We just never anticipated that this is how it would occur. Mm -hmm. Sure. Like, I found it very interesting. The other day I saw a documentary of the origin of coronavirus which is wet market in China. Uh -huh. And usually virus comes from animals. They just don't come directly to the human. They need to help certain animals. And why always happen in the wet market in China is because the wet market using maybe like 26 animals meat at the same time. Yeah. So there's uh, snakes there. Next, whatever is, I don't know, like, like a turtle. Then on the top, there's another animals. So it's so easy for the uh, virus to hop, hop, hop and come to human. And if we see, so people can say, why so they using so much wild animals? And it comes to the fact that in China, that's so much pleasure, like a poverty going on. So people cannot reach the, um, like let's say a factory made animals such as chickens or porks or no cows they can't so that's why they really need to use those animals to survive so for me that was interesting where is this came from this origin of uh virus 
is basically comes as a the economic so much uh, how you say capitalism so much pressure on a country such as china try to push up being the factory for everybody and that was kind of for me very symbolic mm. this sustainability of things yeah the reason is poverty at the end yeah and it's a third time this happened there from the same wet market so for me it's like hidden message that universe is telling us like hey this is not working listen to us like something like that i really feel that way mm -hmm. yeah i heard it was a snake and a bat or something like that that uh mm -hmm. that caused the virus to mutate and and yeah, I guess so. What you're saying is that people are put in a spot where they need to eat snake meat and they need to eat bat meat in order to be able to keep yeah. up and survive. Hmm. Yeah, and that's like darkness. We 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 try not to see. Right. People like want a com com commodity. Like we want to be comfortable. So this just put all those darkness in other countries. Like let's admit, like we everything we own like uh, clothes or everything is almost from china and yeah. we're living in a crazy crazy speed like it's for example like forever 21 they got like uh, collapsed like last year i think the fast fashions and those kind of things so it's like all connected for me like as everyone say that this rhythm of cap capitalism that this speed cannot be sustained yeah yeah, I think everything everything is connected, and there is a message from all the chain, you know, the chain of events that has led to today. What's going on? Um, I don't know. Uh, it's interesting because I, I, you, you have pointed that out, and I, I never thought of that. Right? I, I've never analyzed the whole animal thing and what's going on in China, but. Uh, now it, it, I'm thinking about who is analyzing this, who is observing all these things, because there is something for everyone. You know, we're talking about poverty. Uh, we are talking about capitalism. We're talking about, um, yeah, many things here. So I'm, I'm just thinking, okay, if we have, if we have, a, you know, if we have a mission on this, wouldn't it be interesting if we start just like putting this out, you know, all these observations that are coming out from this and, and spreading mm -hmm. the word. Now that you mentioned that, I, I think it's interesting and, and important to, to, to make that, that, you know, that, that, or to bring that message out as well about where the virus came from, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot, all of those topics fit into, um, you know, a category that we used to call sustainability right creating an environmental and human and economically sustainable world and really what Natsuko's pointing to with that analysis is that that we were pushing up against the barriers obviously in china right we were saying we want low price of labor and we want to be able to feed people you know with with food that, that is plentiful and so we'll go eat whatever animals we we happen to find because we can't afford to feed them you know in a proper and safe manner necessarily and this is where the system kind of broke 
-hmm. And so that whole idea of putting things together in a sustainable way is, I think there's a lot of people working towards that. And every time that there's a change, you know, whether it's this or whether it's 9-11 or whether it's, you know, Hurricane Katrina, or you could pick anything throughout history, um, anytime that there's a change, there's a chance to remap things in at least a slightly different way because people learn from that change and it can lead to behavioral change as a result. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I wasn't answered my question, the uh, the one to 10 question that Jacqueline put out there, but I would tend to agree, this is probably gonna fall somewhere in the middle, you know, in the sort of four to six kind of range. And a lot of people are going to change their behaviors on a permanent basis, you know, regardless of what we shift back to and how much the world resumes to being you know, normal. Um, a lot of people will change their behaviors as a result of this. And so it is going to change the world in a lot of ways. Yeah. Sorry. I was just going to say the way it's going to change the world in a lot of ways is like, are, are we getting to the point of feeling like it's a wrap up or do we have three points we want to share about how we can point people in the direction of what to look for as the world is changing or, or experiences of your own to give them a heads up of how they're going to meet the dark night of the soul. I think we've got a dark night of the soul as a collective group, as a, as a collective world that we're going to go through. I think that, that the dark side of what we're going through right now um, I think that this has also got the potential to shift us towards a lot of nationalism and a lot of racism. Um, I think that you can see leaders, world leaders now, um, beginning to point fingers at each other and saying, this is your fault. Mm -hmm. And the national case for that is going to start to be made. Um, those efforts will be made. And I think that we, where we have democracy, we will hopefully, where we might have functioning democracy, hopefully, um, we will be presented with a choice as to whether we want to go insular and blame the rest of the world and bar ourselves from the rest of the world or whether we're going to reject that argument and see ourselves as interconnected and all one at the end of the day and um, be more open with each other. But I think, I mean, certainly this election cycle in the U.S. is going to get pretty ugly because I think that you're going to see Trump build a case that this wouldn't have happened if China were better under control. And so now mm -hmm. is the time to go to war with China or, you know, if not physically, economically, um, in order to protect the United States. And um, I think it's an old argument. I think it's a tired argument. I don't think there's a lot of truth to it. That's my personal view. Um, but I think the effort will be made and it that may very well be the choice that ends up getting made in November, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I think like, this is like a yin yang situation, right? Like, uh, I think in the next months, we will probably see maybe the the biggest shadows <laughs> or the, the, mm -hmm. the darkest shadows of many things. Uh, 
I don't think there is a world leader that I would say, wow, he's a wise man that will react this way. I think there's too much in the game. And that's what I was saying before. Like, I think this transition will only be comfortable for people that doesn't have a lot of uh, emotional, and, emotional and economic, let's say, engagement with the world that is in this moment collapsing. Um, so I think I agree with Brian and this is something that, um, you know, because sometimes I, I kind of like even try to create this false hope, you know, like or this false uh, light about the situation. And I think in the long term it will be, but that's what I was saying before in a generation like ours what whatever age we have uh we are living the beginning of uh because yes things have happened before things have transitioned before but this is too big to compare you know this is this we can talk right uh, today about many many diverse topics and they're all under this huge umbrella of coronavirus and whatever is happening now so yeah I, I think, I think it's, it will be huge and it will be uh, dark. And that's what I was saying before, like the analogy of, or the symbolic, the metaphor of entering to your house, it's entered to yourself because it's time to prepare. You know, it's time to really let go of things that residues or stuff, or even people that have not started with letting go of stuff. This is the time because in the next years uh or even months or i don't know that's something I, of course i don't know like a lot of things will trigger a lot of people and a lot of things will be put in the face of many people and so it is it is like i was saying like this yin yang situation like yeah the world will be better of course that's i think that's the flow of of life itself it just looks for uh, better ways or it looks for this continuous continued road to the truth but so, that, that doesn't mean that we cannot have like these temporary nightmares in between you know like right so I yeah I personally I'm gonna need to head out fairly soon but I just you you gave me an opportunity so I'm gonna take it to open up that lens just a little bit I think you're absolutely right that we're going to be challenged that we don't see any wise men leaders you know jumping to the forefront right now so i would just say keep your eyes open for a wise female leader to yeah. jump um yeah <laughs> you know, Ang angela merkel's been saying some pretty interesting things throughout this um we've got strong female leadership in new zealand we've got strong female leadership in iceland um, and and others, and I think what we're going to see that isn't directly related to this, although the elevation of compassion um, as a requirement for leadership is likely to move us towards a, a better balance between masculine and feminine leadership traits. And mm -hmm. I do think that the stage is well set for uh, a big shift in the number of female leaders in the world and the their importance 
Um, and I think we see that all over the place right now. Can I put something out there that possibly the way we view government is also going to be restructured? So this idea that we technically need a leader right. might also be something that would radically shift because people are still been most of the time looking to someone else, just as you described, you had three, two different types of leadership and who do you follow? You, you guys had to trust what you felt. And from my perspective, I feel like that's what this whole journey is, is it doesn't matter what the leader says. It doesn't matter what the head of my religion says. It doesn't matter what anybody else says, because if I don't feel aligned with that, it's time to stand up for what I feel. It's, that's, that's the shift that I'm seeing and that people are, as they, each of these, these well, you too, all had the power and all made the choice to make the shift for yourself. And if everybody else decides to make that shift, if one billion people are healed from the inside out and they say, you know what, we're just not doing it anymore. The purpose of what government was there for isn't going to be needed the same way, is it? No, and I think that's that's also a, an, an, another analogy of these days is like everything depends if I go out of the house or not. You know, everything depends if I just rebel and make a party in my house, a private party. Uh, and so it's like people are starting to be confronted with this, like, you know, now it's your responsibility. And, and it's very interesting, yeah, because right now what the governments are doing is pretty much imitating possible solutions, you know? Like, that's why the measures in probably the whole American uh, continent are very similar. You know, people sometimes ask me on Instagram, like a lady, I don't know, from Croatia or something, like, how are things there? I guess they are not that bad. And I saw, no, it's pretty much the same everywhere. And, and it's very interesting because governments right now, they're just saying, okay, this is how the, the panorama is, let's say. But the most important thing is, please, it's your responsibility, it's not ours. We cannot force you. We cannot put a police in your door uh, to tell you you cannot go out, you know, it's it's very much like this social responsibility. And that's very interesting because it's the first, probably one of the first times that it's not like, oh, I will wait for the government to solve it. It's more like, wow, now what can I do? Big initiative. Yeah. Time to take action. Yeah. You already did with uh, yoga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, uh, I also have to leave soon because I didn't have lunch yet. Um, and before I go, I want to share with you a yoga class I did for a private group, but I don't care. I'm going to share with you. And I also made a Spotify, um, a Spotify, um, playlist that you can play for the yoga class. So I'm sharing it in the chat for you now, so you can have it there handily. Awesome. And 
what I was thinking while talking is that we can put together some information that we can throw out there um, about whatever we talk today, which is, is a lot actually. Um, I don't know, making a video or writing or however we can do it, you know, as a family. Um, I think this is the time that we can share all of that experiences and all of that uh, knowledge that we we absorbed during these years. Um, I think it's the perfect time to do it. So what do you think about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I have this video transcribed if that makes anything easier for anybody right so then you'd know what you actually said <laughs> sounds great <laughs> I, I have like two cups of coffee so i need to pee so i also yes thank you for being here i think you a lot of um, very valuable points and um we're all going to look forward to moment to moment experience so everybody go wash your hands now yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mindful. Mindfulness in washing your hands is mindfulness, right? That's what Rachel was saying first thing. Little mindful. You know, before before everybody goes, I just I just wanted to share something very interesting. Like I yesterday understood why the soap is so important and why it's even more important than gel alcohol. The reason is that the virus has this crown, like and it has some spikes. And these spikes, what how they work is like when they enter your body, the spikes kind of like they know where to enter. But with soap, though you break those spikes. So they don't have the knowledge of where to enter. So that's very interesting. I don't know. I, so I'm I'm having a, a lot of fun researching about the scientific aspect. You are the first time, yeah. <laughs> well, I find out the scientific interesting that it, it is coming into the lungs, okay, and hence the breath is what essentially gives us life or presence. So, okay. conscious of our breathing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Thank right. Thanks, Jackie, Thank for doing this. Hi, guys. Uh, Thank yeah. You. Thank you for the initiative. It was 